Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Sales Chalk Talk Show brought to you by Redcap Sales Coaching. I'm Hugh Little, your head sales wizard at Redcap Sales Coaching and Elite Sales Academy, where you can learn to make selling easy, fun, and profitable. If you're a chiropractor, a realtor, sell HVAC products or services, or run any kind of a service-oriented business, you can learn how to serve more people and dramatically increase your conversion ratio, sales, and revenue. Stay tuned and you'll find out how you can take the first step to get started growing your business into the successful enterprise you really want it to be. I'm broadcasting today from Sebring, the very best part of Central Florida. Hey, you're invited to continue making Sales Chalk Talk a part of your learning in 2022 and beyond. Every week, you'll be able to get inside the heads of some of the most brilliant people in the areas of sales, marketing, leadership, business, and success. You can listen to all the past and future Chalk Talks at redcapsalescoaching.com slash podcast. Or you can listen on iTunes, and we're just about everywhere else you can listen to podcasts, too. On upcoming shows, we'll have a great lineup of guests coming up for you here on Chalk Talk. So stay tuned and learn more and more about how to build your business and your sales. The very special guest on this episode of the Sales Chalk Talk Show is author and sales expert, Sean Casemore. Sean is an expert in sales, driven by a passion to help business owners, executives, and sales leaders accelerate their sales results. As a keynote speaker and virtual speaker, he enables companies, their leaders, and their teams to accelerate their sales results. A prolific writer, Sean frequently writes about best practices and proven strategies to generate more sales. His insights can be found online in publications such as Fast Company, Plant Magazine, and Inc. Magazine, to name a few. Sean is the author of The Unstoppable Sales Machine, which was released at the end of July this year. Sean's website is seancasemore.com, and let me spell that for you. It's S-H-A-W-N-C-A-S-E-M-O-R-E, seancasemore.com. I think you can tell you're in for another fun, fascinating half hour. So sit down, buckle up, and hold on, folks, because here we go. Hey, Sean, welcome to Chalk Talk. Hey, Hugh, thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to it, and you have a new book out, and we're going to be talking about some of the, of the things that are in the book and about sales, and that's one of our favorite subjects around here at Sales Chalk Talk. So to start off with, what do you see as being the biggest challenge that sales professionals are facing right now? Um, well, I think anybody who's listening to us uh, that is in sales can probably easily answer that question, but it, it's, it's reaching the buyer. It's, it's breaking through the barriers, the boundaries, if you will, leaping the walls uh, when you're trying to actually reach the individual uh, you know, with whom you can deal with from a sales perspective. And you know, people are just so busy, distracted. Uh, in some cases, people are now working from home. So it's not like you can just contact them at their desk, email, spam filters are getting harder and harder to break through. There's just so many barriers being put up 
There's actually a study um, just done by, um, you've probably seen it. It was released by Gartner, I think, in uh, 2020. But what they told us is what we already know, that uh, buyers today, right, prospects are, are spending more and more time researching before they engage with us uh, from a sales perspective, which means uh, when we do engage with them, we've got less time. Uh, and it, it's just, it's a it's a challenging environment to say the least, but that, that's probably reaching the buyers um, is the biggest challenge uh, that most of the people I speak to face. So what are some ideas that you have about breaking through some of the noise? You know, that's been one of the challenges reaching me is that there's so much stuff coming at me all the time on social media and emails and that kind of thing that I ignore about 90% of it and don't even respond to it. So what do you think the key is to actually setting up a relationship with somebody so that you can have a really good sales conversation? Well, yeah, I think it, it as you suggested, right, we've got so much information uh, being fed to us day in, day out. Uh, you know, if you put yourself in the shoes of the person you're trying to sell to, of the prospect, you can easily understand you know, why it might be hard to reach them. But when you do that, you know, the question you really have to ask yourself is, how do I stand out amongst all of this noise? Uh, you know, the old days, the way we stood out is we would cold call people, right? And we tried to catch them off guard. They, they'd pick up thinking it's going to be their, their spouse and boom, we got them, right? And now how quickly can we go through our script and try and book a meeting? Uh, but the problem is, you know, fewer and fewer people are actually answering the phone uh, and there's so many different ways that, that people are preferring to communicate. I mean, let's be honest, we use email because we believe, and, and falsely so, we believe email is productive. It's not, but we believe it is. So our buyers, right, that are out there, they're diverting to email in many cases, and, and they're not seeing us because we're falling to the bottom of the list, we're getting stuck in the spam filter. And if we're calling, it's going to voicemail. But, you know, tactically, uh, and it really does depend on what you sell, obviously, but it, a lot of the old school strategies... Uh, work more effectively today than ever before. For example, uh, when I was uh, started off officially in sales back in, um, that'd be the early, well, yeah, I guess uh, mid 90s, late 90s, that shows you. It's been a while. Um, nonetheless, uh, you know, I was standing at the dealership and you waited for somebody to walk on the parking lot. And hopefully that was the person that might want to buy a car that day from you. So I thought, this is crazy. So, you know, during my off days, I made up a few flyers and walked around neighborhoods and dropped them off, right? And it was just something I created on the, the printer that say, if you're looking for a car, come see me. Here's a location. Here's my number. Mail is something that, you know, a lot of buyers are more prone to open, uh, to review because we're not getting bills in the mail. I mean, COVID wiped out the people mailing out bills. It's all virtual now. So if you send something in the mail to somebody, they're going to open it, especially if the package appears to be some sort of courier package or it's creative. Um, so, you know, there's an old school method of reaching the buyer. Now, what's in that package? Well, you want to have a letter that you've strategically put together that, of course, uh, adds value, is provocative and moves them towards the idea of having a call, right? Because that's still your first step, whether that's virtual or otherwise. But old school strategies like that. Also, I tell a lot of people that are using email as part of their strategy. What you want to do is call, understanding you're probably going to get voicemail, and leave a message that directs the person to say, hey, I was going to send you an email. Here's why. It's got to be pretty brief. But I realized, you know, I, I wanted to put a voice to the name. I wanted you to let you know this is a human being here. So I'm going to send you that email. Watch for it and let me know what you think. 
that kind of message we found uh, increases open rates in email by 50%. So th there's another old school strategy of actually picking up the telephone. So it's really taking a look at how do I stand out amongst my competition? How do I reach my buyer in ways that are different that they're still willing to engage in, but it's not where everybody else is going. Uh, and I can stand out and be a little bit unique. If I, if I send you something in the mail, I can include something in there that's interesting, right? If I'm trying to sell you on insurance, I might actually send you something in that package uh, that, that you know, highlights uh, what I'm trying to sell you. A client actually recently said to me years ago, uh, he received some letters from somebody. And uh, the first one had a, a crispy crunch bar, I think he said. And, and the, the letter with it said, you know, is it crunch time? And then there was another follow-up and it was these chocolate bars that, that kept getting sent to him. And he said, he laughed, he ran around the office and showed people. And he says, I thought this guy was at the lunch. And I said, well, here's the bigger question. Did he get the meeting? He said, not only did he get the meeting, I ended up liking the guy, I ended up buying from them. And I've taken him with me uh, in different companies that I've led and I've worked for. Now he's got all this business. So you got to think about standing up and being provocative, which means don't think like everybody else. Ask yourself the question, if I was a buyer right now, if I was the person I'm pursuing, how can I get in front of them in ways that are a little bit different? I started selling in 1970, and those were the good old days because there was no such thing as caller ID or even yeah. answering machines. So yeah. if the telephone rang, you had to pick it up to find out who was there. <laughs> made life so or you could, easier for salespeople. You, you could, uh, I mean, I, I still, I still promote this. Here's an old school strategy, but you know, dropping by, I realize that not everybody's in an office and, and there's some companies now that have policies and say, you know, you, you can't, we don't have visitors, but I'm still a fan. I always tell the, the coaching clients that I work with that if you're going anywhere, I want you to have three meetings. You don't travel for one, you have three. And invariably the pushback I get is, well, look, this is a really important meeting. I say, great, find two other companies and just stop by. So well, I can't stop by. It's, it's, we're just coming out of this pandemic, right? Like I can't, it might have policies. So who cares? Drop off some information. See, you know, ask to see somebody, find out from the receptionist who the right person is to speak to. I mean, you can still use those strategies uh, as ways to sell. But again, a lot of, I think a lot of people in sales have just, we've, I don't know whether we've gotten lazy and not everybody, but we've just, we default to email and that's where everybody is. So we're not standing out and we're more annoying than anything else. You know, you mentioned snail mail a little bit ago. I'm really excited when I get a hand-addressed envelope from somebody. Yeah. Not yeah. so much so if it's a window envelope or if it's, you know, one of the postcards that's obviously selling a product of some kind. If somebody sends me something through the mail that is hand-addressed to me, I'm going to open that. And that doesn't necessarily mean that I'll do business with them. I will open it, though. I will see it. It yep, still yep. may end up in the round file. At least I've seen it though. And with email, I can just click and say, no, click the little trash can up at the top and that's it and not even open it. So well, there, was a, there was a client I was working with, Hugh, that, um, and, and I think this is, is more common, although it's the first time I'd seen it. They actually used an email service that all emails flowed through before they hit your inbox. And so what the, the people had to do was very few, only internal emails really hit your inbox or those who were verified externally. Th those would be the emails hit your inbox. Everything else went into this queue. 
and you had to log into this system. And it was set up very much like email, it was just a different software in order to view these emails. And you really had two options. There's like a big check mark and a big X at the top of the screen. So you would go down this list and either check mark, meaning release it to go into my inbox, or X, which means delete it. Well, what if you, you know, what I found is that most of the people in the organization, especially executives or, or those even that had assistants, they would go in and do this near the end of the day. And so what do you think they clicked more often, the check mark or the X, right? And it is, of course, the X, right? X, 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 delete all this stuff because all my important stuff's in my inbox. So again, using email, it's a necessary, necessary evil, necessary tool, but you've got to find ways to supplement it, to complement it so that you stand out in the market. Well, Sean, in your wonderful new book, The Unstoppable Sales Machine, you talk about hybrid selling. Tell our audience what that is and why it's important. So hybrid selling, it's the idea, and again, if we were on, if we were on a stage right now, I might get egged here, uh, Hugh, but it's the idea that ultimately uh, sales and marketing go hand in hand. That, that's always been the case. And depending on the, the the size of organization you're in, you may find that the sales and marketing work well together. You might have one marketing person and, and eight salespeople and it's, it works very well. But the larger the organization, oftentimes the marketing people are off in their own corner, doing their own thing with their own metrics and measures. And then what you tend to get, and this can happen in a smaller business too, especially where marketing is outsourced, right? And you've got a smaller team of sales. It, what tends to happen is it's it's like a ping pong, right? The, the blame gets thrown back and forth. So if there's not enough sales, sales would tend to say, well, it's the leads that were giving me their crap. Marketing doesn't know what they're doing, right? And if you go to marketing, you say, well, look, sales needs more leads. They say, well, jeepers, we're, we're giving them hundreds of leads. We've gone through this, these steps to qualify them. It's sales. They're lazy. They're not doing their job. And it, it's just this back and forth. So hybrid selling is, 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 is this. It's that today's buyer, again, if you go back to that Gartner study, they're spending more and more time researching. The study found that in the B2B world, for example, uh, that buyers are spending upwards of almost 30%. I think it was 27% of their time just online doing research. So if that's the case, if they're spending all this time researching, and I think the total research time was almost 50% of the entire sales process, um, what, what you need to think about is, well, then how can I, as a sales professional, work more closely with, with marketing so that we can find business rather than you know this back and forth battle. So tactically, so that's that's it strategically. Tactically, what does it mean? It means there's regular meetings happening between sales and marketing, communicating how are the quality of the leads? Are we having success with those leads? Where else might be might we be looking for those leads? What changes or adjustments should sales be making to tie into the type of campaigns that marketing is initiating? Right. I mean, there's nothing worse then you see something, you're like, oh, that's interesting. You click, right? So you acted on what marketing wants you to act on. And then somebody calls you and has no idea how you got there, what that campaign was, right? So we really need to bridge these two together. And, you know, I think the, again, larger organizations have taken this step and saying, well, look, we're going to have a chief revenue officer and they're going to be responsible for both departments. But the further you get down in the chain, the more those two groups really don't play well together in the sandbox. So Hybrid selling is bringing them together. And I talk about different organizations that have done that, uh, how they did it, and the success they've seen so that readers can actually apply it themselves, regardless of the size of their organization. We'll be back with our very special guest, author, speaker, and sales expert, Sean Casemore. 
and talk more about how you can become a more successful salesperson. First, you can enroll in a free video training course, How to Connect with More Buyers. You'll also find 63 pages of awesome blogs that you can access completely free that will give you tremendous insight on how to increase your conversion rate, sales, and revenue. I would encourage you to make Sean's book, The Unstoppable Sales Machine, a part of your business library. It's a marvelous book, chock full of insights, ideas, and strategies to make you unstoppable in your sales. Now, when you get your copy, don't just let it sit on the shelf or in your computer and gather dust. Read it, read it again, apply it in your business, and then go back to Amazon and write a five-star review and tell the world how much Sean has helped you. As you can tell from the first half of the show, Sean is a tremendous sought-after speaker. So when you're planning your next virtual or in-person corporate or association event, call Sean and ask him to do your keynote. He'll educate, entertain, motivate, and inspire your audience, and they'll say it was the best event ever when Sean is your speaker. So check out Sean's website at seancasemore.com right after the show, or you can even pause the recording and check it out right now. And take advantage of all the good stuff there. I promise you'll be really glad you did. Now, if you leave to check out the website, be sure to come back and listen to the rest of the show, though, because Sean has some more great stuff for you. We're back with our very special guest, author, speaker, and sales expert, Sean Casemore. Again, Sean's website is seancasemore.com. Well, Sean, you literally wrote the book about the unstoppable sales machine. And there are a lot of programs and a lot of books out there that uh, talk about how to increase sales. And some of them are so complicated or so costly to implement uh, that it's really almost impossible for somebody to, to put them into action. How possible is it for anyone to build the unstoppable sales machine? Well, it, it's, you know, I'm, maybe I'm biased because I did write the book, but, but from what I've seen, you, it's, it's absolutely possible because, you know, at the end of the day, there is nothing in this book that has not been executed on, right? Th- this is a matter of, these are examples, stories, and situations of a wide array of clients from manufacturing to insurance. There's even some not-for-profit in there. Um, so services, products, uh, mostly B2B, uh, I'll be honest about that, mostly B2B, but those some of the same strategies can apply in B2C. Uh, but essentially, it's just being smarter about how we uh, interact with, approach, attract uh, our buyers so that we can have this unstoppable, consistent sales. And because what really here's what happens again, if you think about the sales process, begin, you know, it begins with we've got leads and lead generation, and then you move through to kind of that we've got the leads, now we've got to qualify those leads. And, and again, those leads can be found through their various means, prospecting, et cetera. We've got to qualify them from qualification. We go into maybe some sort of discovery process from discovery. We go into maybe issuing a quarter proposal, then to some sort of rejection handling, and then and then if all goes well, we close. If you think about those stages, there are problems, challenges, pitfalls that happen all along the, the line there for a variety of reasons. For example, 
Uh, if you were to ask any salesperson who works with somebody in, that has an inside sales group that they work with, or they work with customer service, what's your number one concern? They'd say, well, you know, I, as a salesperson, I'm supposed to find new business. I keep getting pulled, sucked back into existing customer issues because customer service can't handle it. And if you ask sales about marketing, we've already talked about that. So it, really, the idea is when you take a look at the entire process, identify for your organization, what are the pitfalls, the challenges, the problems that are happening? And usually, in my experience, they tie back to communication. They tie back to process and they tie back to how these different departments that support your overall revenue generation, your overall sales work together. So when you take a look at this as an entire process, rather than in these uh, buckets based on departments and based on individuals, uh, you start to create a method by which you can smooth this out, eliminate the downfalls, the pitfalls, uh, and create a system that really allows you to generate customers or clients on an ongoing basis. I mean, I was just talking to somebody about um, three weeks ago. They were about to take a, a two-week vacation, uh, and they they have their own territory. And they said, well, "Sean, what should I do in order to prepare for taking some time off of vacation?" And I said, "Well, you know, first off, take all the sales activities that you would normally execute during your time off and pull them forward." And and uh, he said to me, well, "What do you mean? I can't do that. I'm trying to clean my desk off before I go." I said, "Well, that's your problem. You see, if you clean your desk off." and you've not doubled or tripled up on your prospecting activities, when you come back, you're going to be starting from square one. So you want to be planting plenty of seeds before you go. So there's something to harvest when you return. So there's an example of a prospecting strategy that, you know, we, we, we were ending the call. I said, so what did you take away from the call? He says, I never thought, but yeah, if I start to remove this time from my calendar for days off and holidays and Christmas holidays and, and you name it, suddenly a lot of my prospecting stops. And I need to start again, which is a lot harder to do. So just by looking at the activity level, he was able to make a change. So it's those very tactical things that you'll find when you look at your sales process that the book walks you through. What should you look for in each of these different stages? What are the pitfalls? How do you overcome or improve upon them? So you can create a system that really delivers uh, sales on a continuous basis. Folks, be sure that you get a copy of Sean's great new book, The Unstoppable Sales Machine. and Put it into action in your business and see what happens to your sales when you do that. And Sean, it's been great having you with me here on Chalk Talk. Before I let you go, I have just one more question for you. And this is one that we ask all of our guests on every show. The question is based on one of my favorite books, The One Thing by Gary Keller of Keller Williams Real Estate. If you could give our listeners just one piece of advice that you consider to be the most important in gaining success in their businesses, their sales, their marketing, their lives. What's the one thing, Sean? Well, I'll, because you've extended this, Hugh, to the lives, and it, it's, so it's outside the realm of just selling, uh, my answer for salespeople would be never stop prospecting. I call, I call it the ABPs of selling, but let's expand that a bit. I think relative to you know success in business and sales and relationships, never stop building relationships. You, you, you and I connected, let's be honest. I reached out to you cold and that cold outreach now, I mean, I just made a note because you enjoy personalized uh, um, letters. I've made a note here. I'm going to send you a copy of the book. Because who knows where this could go down the road. So if we always focus on building relationships and we're adding value to those relationships, you're going to have a personal life with lots of friends. You're going to have a great relationship with your spouse or your partner. And ultimately, you're going to have lots of relationships that will lead to sales. Because at the end of the day, 
even when people do research and they do some vetting, they still buy from people that they know, like, and trust. So if we're focused on building those relationships, it, it, it's just the best means by which we can build, I think, a fulfilled life. Well, folks, here at Sales Chalk Talk, we believe in taking action. So go to Sean's website at seancasemore.com. Enroll in the free video training course, How to Connect with More Buyers. Check out all the awesome blogs. Get your copy of Sean's book, The Unstoppable Sales Machine. As you're planning your next virtual or in-person corporate or association event, call Sean and ask him to do your keynote. Take massive action. Don't procrastinate. Do it now. Go to Sean's website at seancasemore.com right away, and I promise you'll be really glad you did. I also promised to give you some information about how to increase your business and sales. So here it is. If you'd like to start scaling your sales and revenue, you can chat with me and receive a free individualized sales success roadmap. Go to redcapsalescoaching.com and you'll find a button on every page where you can schedule your free, no obligation, valuable session. You'll also find a ton of information at redcapsalescoaching.com that will help you tremendously in increasing your sales. Sean, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and share all of this great stuff with me and with our audience. And come back and talk with me again sometime soon. Yeah, I will, Hugh. I really appreciate the opportunity uh, to connect with everybody. Well, folks, that's about it for today's Sales Chalk Talk. We'll be back soon with another awesome Chalk Talk. We hope you'll join us then. Until then, make it fun and make it profitable. So long, Sean. So long, everybody. And good selling.